Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust. Member FDIC. All right. I don't know what got into the uh, NCAA, but their Division One Council got after it yesterday and they passed a few proposals. And we welcome you back into the zone. Westmore, Justin Akery, and the wizard Christian Weaver. Christian, talk to me, Goose. I'm talking. I think that fixed it. Sound better? Yeah, you're good. You're good. Do we want to do our, our questions of the day real quick? Yeah, can you add one in? Okay. Well, let's see what you got, and I'll tell you. I'll see if I want you to add one well, or not. Ours is Major League Baseball. So, oh, who do you have playing probably. in the ALCS, and who do you have playing in the NLCS? We'll options. talk to Doctor Tig about that. He was a college ball player back in the day, pitcher at uh, Delta State, I believe. Um, all right, that's good. Also, do you guys watch TV when you're eating dinner? Yes. Always. No. Much. Okay. Sometimes. Okay. <laughs> is there a game on? <laughs> Yeah, I usually will turn it off. This says 24% of Americans always watch TV while eating dinner at home. So I would like to know what the percentage of our listeners are now, that watch always. Titus doesn't. If he's eating, you know, we're at the table. So He doesn't what? He doesn't watch TV when he eats. We take him in a different room and he eats in there. Okay. Maybe in the future we won't. I won't watch TV while I eat. Yeah, if we are sit all sitting around the dining room as a family and the the girls are there, I'll make them put their phones up and quit watching whatever they do. We're phone free, TV well, off. Yeah. yeah, we definitely do that. Unless I mean, like you said, if there's a game and it's an informal deal, like mm-hmm. yeah. But if we're doing like a sit down yeah. dinner, we absolutely are phone free. I've had to fight with Parker more than one occasion on that. It's pretty annoying. If I'm grilling and we're outside on the weekend, the TV's on. We're watching a game while we're sure. Eating. That's different. Yeah, but I mean, generally speaking, mm-hmm. like on a. I almost said like on a Tuesday, but there's football games every night now, so <laughs> who knows. Uh, let's talk to Dr. Teague on the Brandon Moving and Storage Hotline up in uh, Conway. Doc, what's happening? Good morning, gentlemen. How are you guys? We're good. Do you have an ALCS, NLCS pick for our question of the day today? Well, the Braves. You know, I grew up with the Braves. Yep. So i got, I got to go National League. I'm a National League guy. Me I mean, too. Just, that's just what I am, although they're the DH now, so that kind of bothers me. But otherwise, uh, i got to go with the Braves. This has nothing to do with uh, any illicit drugs. Are you a grass guy or a turf guy? <laughs> well, we, we uh, in college, we love the turf. Yes. Um, so we, we go with turf. All right. Very good. Um, because, you know, because, I mean, that was a thing about Crash Davis. Like, he had his things with uh, AstroTurf and the designated hitter, so I didn't know if you were on the same page with that. He had a lot of other thoughts, <laughs> well, I, but I definitely want to ask you about those. Great, great movie, for sure. <laughs> it sure is. Uh, it was actually Susan Saranda's birthday yesterday, so we were talking about really? her. Really? Yeah, 77. Looking good. Well, yeah, great actress. Academy Award winner. All right, yeah. so uh, I don't know what got into the uh, good in very. So I don't know what yeah, you're right. I don't know what uh, what got into the NCAA yesterday, but apparently they decided they were going to do some work for change. Um, and I want to talk to you about those before we get to that yeah. though. Uh, can we talk about the benefit game that came up yesterday? You guys are going to do a benefit basketball game up in Jonesboro. I understand. We are, we are, and and, and really, uh, Arkansas State came up with the concept, and and we were happy to oblige because. You know, Win Arkansas is important to uh, both of our communities. Uh, we, we recruit Win very heavily, and obviously they're a little closer to Jonesboro than they are to us, but somewhat in between. So uh, we thought it made so much sense. But so Arkansas State, you know, called us and asked if, if we would want to do an exhibition game in basketball and uh, let all proceeds benefit the, the Win community from the uh, tornado. Of course, the tornado that system that came through Little Rock, North Little Rock, mm-hmm. continued on and and went through win and destroyed their high school and their football stadium. So this is what we're doing. And it will support the win relief and recovery fund. And uh, it's winrecovery.org. 
Uh, certainly when you get to, Joe, on October 30th, it's $5 admission, and all proceeds go to this relief fund. So uh, we think it's a great idea, and it'll be fun for our state. Uh, regular season starts November 6th up at Tulsa. Also on the women's side of things, he's got a new coach. We have a new coach. Had to have him. You know, he was an assistant coach here years ago on the men's side and then uh, switched to the women's side with Matt Daniel. And uh, everybody remembers Matt Daniel from, from Arkansas. He's from Jonesboro. And then they went to, as a group, they went to Marshall. And uh, when Matt left basketball, Tony got the head job at Marshall and was there for as the head coach for five years. And we were really, really fortunate to get him back. He wanted to come back to Arkansas. He loved Conway community. And so already, I mean, we only we had a lot, a lot of kids leave, obviously, when you lose a coach. And he's turned this roster over, and, and they, they look like a great group. Can't wait to see them play. That is outstanding. All right, well, let's talk about the NCAA moves yesterday. Um, number one, the shrinking of the window for athletes to enter the transfer portal going to impact all sports and give players 45 total days through the year to enter their names in the portal. Um, and I think for most of the coaches I've spoken to, this is going to be a good thing. What do you think about it? Yeah. Well, you know, first of all, Justin, all these moves yesterday were they came out of the recommendations from the Transformation Committee. And remember now, a couple of years ago, we as a membership – you know, there's there's a thousand members uh, or schools in the NCAA from Division three to Division one, and we as a membership voted to change the Constitution. And so, the we said, okay, we can make a change to the Constitution. Division three and Division two said, well, we kind of like what we're doing. Let's stay the same. And Division one said, no, let's blow this thing up. So Division one said, let's let's form this transformation committee, and it was led by Greg Sankey, the commissioner of the SEC, of course, mm-hmm. and. Uh, they worked for about a year on, hey, what should we really be looking like? And so they came out after a year and said, these are our recommendations. And so yesterday, the Division One Council, which is made up of ADs and presidents and FARs, which are faculty athletic reps, and SWAs, which are senior women administrators, they voted to confirm some of these transformation committee recommendations. And that's what we're talking about today. So the windows for the portal, yeah, I mean, they were too broad, too long. They were 30 days after your regular season and then 30 days in your non-championship season. Uh, so now we're going to 30 days after your regular season to 15 days in a non-championship season, whereas the winter sports, basketball, of course, is the one everybody's thinking about, just goes straight 45 days. Um, yeah, it, it needed to be shortened a little bit, and uh, I think that's a good move. And the portal's still, I mean, when we hear the numbers, it's pretty amazing, and the people that are entering is one thing, and then the people that are getting stuck in there and don't end up finding a new home also pretty remarkable. Well, that, that, that's a great point. I mean, that's the fallacy of the whole process. I mean, the, the whole point is you come to college to get your degree, and everything we do at the NCAA is supposed to help promote young men and women getting their degree. And now this transfer portal is not doing that. I mean, you're, 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 you have a scholarship at an institution. You think you're not playing enough or you don't like your coach or whatever it is. And you get in the portal in hopes of finding what you think is a better situation, and all of a sudden you don't find anything. So you've gone from a scholarship student athlete to a walk-on somewhere, uh, or not even going to college. So now all of a sudden we're having less and less people going to get it in to get their degree, and so it's it's really unfortunate. Hmm. Doctor Teague, I'm, I'm I'm very curious about the, uh, the raise of the money to go from FCS to FBS. That seemed a little drastic, from five thousand to five million. Well, here, here's what's strange to me, Wes, is 
Uh, yes. So the, the, the entry fee was $5,000, and now it's $5 million. But it, here's what, what counterintuitive to that is the, the fact that they also dropped the attendance requirement to be in the FBS. If you recall, you had to average 15,000 tickets sold per game over a two-year cycle to remain in the FBS or you know, to be certified FBS. Uh, obviously, we, we have a 10,000-seat stadium. That would be, be difficult here. So, so they dropped that, and here was the reason they dropped it. They dropped it because there were so many FBS programs that were not selling 15,000 tickets per game, and so they had their foundation buy a bunch of tickets. And so that money was being used for really nothing. Hmm. And so the Transformation Committee said, hey, why are we allowing schools just to buy tickets? The money's not benefiting anything except this rule, and it's not helping the student-athletes. We want to get rid of that provision so that – the money now can go to help the student athletes. Well, guess what, Wes? Where's this five million dollars going? <laughs> Just going straight to the NCAA, and it's not helping student athletes. So it doesn't make any sense to me that that's what hap- is what's happening now. They're saying, "Hey, we need a deterrent. We need to make sure you you really want to be in the FBS. We want to make sure it's it's not an easy process." And certainly, five million dollars is is stunning. So. Does that make it a non-starter now for programs like UCA, or is that something that you think programs will be able to work through at some point? I think it's going to make it very difficult for many programs like UCA. I'm sorry. Could you sue? I mean, if you were interested in making the move and you didn't want to pay the $5 million, could you guys take them to court? Because it seems kind of silly that a program that just jumped last year did it for five grand, and all of a sudden they're going to jump up to $5 million and punish teams that want to make the move that we're already considering. And obviously there's been a lot of talk around your program and others that you guys play against over the last couple of years about making that move, and now obviously this is a huge deterrent. Yeah, certainly you could sue. I mean, NCAA gets sued all the time. I mean, is it antitrust? I mean, is it fair competition? You know, there's probably a lot of things we could sue about, but, you know, you're, you're suing your own organization. It's just problematic. Um, you know, Kennesaw State was probably the last institution that went from the FCS to the FBS, Kennesaw State, in our conference, mm-hmm. leaving our conference for Conference USA that got that $5,000 entry fee <laughs> versus what it is now. Yeah, I mean, it's it's frustrating. Did do you know that it was going to be five, or were you just blown out of the water yesterday? No, we knew. We knew the Transformation Committee's recommendations was that, and so we saw it. And, in fact, when we first saw it as a conference, as the UAC, we said, hey, we've already been talking about this as a full conference. Can we go ahead and get our letter in? You know, can we go ahead and apply before this goes into effect? And, you know, the answer was no. You can't apply again until January. That's that's the cycle. And so, obviously, here we are. And that's why they said it starts immediately. Because we're on the air, I'm just going to say it's baloney but that's not the word I want to use. Anyway, that seems very odd to me. Here's the question I had, Dr. Teague, yesterday, too, as we found out about this. Are they raising the rate of schools moving from Division Two to Division One? Because that's also been something we've seen a lot of the last couple of years. We have, and, and really that's been the way many of our FCS conferences have, have repopulated our memberships uh, is through the Division Two uh, schools. Uh, in fact, we just added West Georgia, a Division Two school. Mm-hmm. So... Um, yeah, I mean, I think that's a Division Two thing. Um, we haven't heard 
that they are raising. We have heard, though, that they're contemplating what should it be, what makes sense. And so I would fully expect something will happen. I don't, it won't be five million, but <laughs> there'll be a, a difference. I, I recall, you know, UCA when we moved in 2006, we moved from Division Two to Division One. It was a fifty thousand um, dollar entry fee, and then they put a moratorium in place for a couple of years, um, about 2007 eight. So we got in right before the moratorium, and I remember talking about how lucky we were when they came out of the moratorium. Division Two had a $2 million entry fee into Division One, And so North Alabama, Bellarmine, West Georgia, they all have to pay that. Mm. Talking to Brad Teague on the Brandon Moving and Storage Hotline, Athletic Director at Central Arkansas, we just shared a story with our listeners a little bit ago that Utah is paying out of their collective to fund one new truck for each of the 85 that. scholarship football players. Um, you know, even some Power Five conference athletic directors and coaches have been wary of uh, this collective situation. What's your reaction when you see stuff like that? Yeah, you know, I, I was actually telling my wife this morning when I saw it, I, I said, this this kind of makes it real now. You know, I mean, it's, it's tangible. You, you see it, you feel it, you touch it. First thing I thought was, what about the 86th through the 120th, you know, walk-on <laughs> yeah. seeing this on their team? And, uh, you know, that would not be fun. Um, the other thing is, you know, you know there are plenty of, of Power Five and FBS programs that are doing NIL deals for their football student-athletes. And there's probably plenty of those kids making $50,000 or more, which is probably the cost of those trucks. But the fact that every single one of them got it and that was the presentation was such and it was on the field and now all these programs around the country are seeing this, don't you know a lot more of this is about to start happening. And so... What does that look like for FCS programs like us and our student athletes looking at what they're getting? I mean, it just it's just problematic all the way around. Yeah, it makes the uneven playing field even more uneven. And I don't think it was ever set up. I mean, I think most people understood um, the logic behind paying kids who were very popular, you know, a percentage or getting a piece of the of the pie. But this is just straight-up socialism, and I don't understand the thinking at all. It really does not, to me, this was never what it was intended to be, and it's really kind of a weird Absolutely deal. Absolutely not. Yeah. Um, no, yeah. totally true. I want to move to uh, scheduling because of all the uh, the conferences and the, the you know the realignment and trying to figure out their future conference schedules and how many they're going to play. How is that impacting you guys trying to find non conference games? Yeah, well, I mean, it, it's it's certainly making it more difficult, and and we anticipate that you know the SEC will move to nine games. Certainly, the Big Twelve is already there or have been, and. Um, you know, the Big Ten's talked about it. Not that the Big Ten pay, plays a lot of FCS programs, uh, but the SEC and the Big 12 have played us, obviously, uh, many times in the past. And the, the resistance I'm getting right now, so we're, we're scheduled for our guarantee game. You know, we play one a year. We're playing, we played Oklahoma State this year. We played Ole Miss last year. We have Arkansas State next year. We have Missouri in 2025, and that's it. So I'm trying to get 26, 27, and 28 on the books, and the, the what I'm getting now is, hey, there's been so much realignment. We don't have our schedules yet. Really can't make that call right now. You know, call, call me back in a year kind of thing. And so who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? And um, it's concerning. Uh, it's certainly a, a large part of what we need for our total budget. And it's nice to have that settled years in advance. And, and although 2026 is, is three years away, uh, it's getting time to where we, we need to have those things settled. And so – uh, they will not schedule right now. It's, it's that's the pushback, Wes. Mm. Is hey, we don't know what our future schedules are. We're waiting to find out, and once we know that, then we can make some decisions moving forward. 
well, you shouldn't be so good at football, then they would be more probably willing to do it. You know, you go over and put a scare into people, they don't like playing you anymore. That's no fun for them. Um, it, uh, that's part of it, too. <laughs> yes, sure there's no doubt. Uh, Doc, let me ask you about uh, the game this weekend, too. I mean, we've been talking so much about the business of sports. Let's talk about some actual sports. And you guys are back home against a, a CMO team that has a 1-3 and record, but they were ranked in the top 10 or top 15, I guess, to start the season. And they're uh, the, you look at who they played and who they lost to, they're obviously really good. And this is a rematch from a game yeah. last year you guys lost on the road. And, uh, 4 o'clock kick. I know you'd love to have a great crowd. We've got some, finally some fall weather to play in this weekend. Well, it's a huge weekend, and, and – you know, it's it's, it's going to be great weather, and it's also family day on campus. So, uh, you know, all of our students' families are invited, and uh, that's always a really big crowd for us and a lot of fun. And so I, I fully expect it to be what that will be this weekend. And, and uh, CMO is good, Justin, as you said. You know, they, they are one and three, but they lost to a power five, and then they lost really close to two really good FCS programs. Had a chance to win both, so it easily could be three and one. We're going to have to play well. I mean, we just are. We have a really, really good team. But we're going to have to play well, and um, I expect that we will. Uh, but it's going to be a tough game. It's going to be a fun game to watch. So, yeah, we would love for everybody to come up and see us. Mm-hmm. Well, I look forward to it. I appreciate the time today. Uh, Wes, Christian, and I are pooling our money, and when we get to $5 million, we'll let you know in case you guys want to make the jump. Got to go fund me going. Yeah, well, how, how long do you think that's going to take? I don't know. <clears throat> I mean, if you live to be 197, I think you'd we'll have a shot at it. Okay. So that's, that's really right. on you. That's strategic plan. That's great. That's helpful. Yeah, listen, you want, you're talking about long-term planning. I mean, let's get let's get down to it. Let's talk about some long-term planning. So, Yeah, yeah real long. Listen, that's, here's that's the deal. That's, we, that's very helpful. Well, we all know there's like, a, you only need the one booster that uh, is willing to write the check if you guys get to that point. Or that. You know, we're going to play that tonight. Yeah, if I hit the lottery, you can have – I'll give you $5 million plus. How about that? I promise. Yes. Uh, and you, you don't even have to name anything in my honor. It's fine. I know I can count on Christian. The, the, two, the other two of you, I'm not sure. Yeah, he's got a very <laughs> giving heart. But I, I, I will guarantee you if I hit the billion dollars tonight, I will for sure give at least five mil to the purple and gray, I promise. <laughs> yeah, I would like to think I will do more than that. This is a binding contract. We're good to go. Don't worry. You won't have to sue right. me. should be suing the NCAA maybe, but you're going to have to sue me. Doc, I appreciate the time. I'll see you Saturday. Thank you, guys. Thank see you. you. Yep. All right, that see is you. Dr. Brad Teague over at Central Arkansas. Interesting perspective.